Good Tuesday morning to you. I am Chris, the host, the creator of the Courage in Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. We are back today with our podcast episode. I had promised you last week that I would uh, make a recording for Friday. I didn't meet that deadline. I apologize. Uh, I had two uh, work-related and or uh, research-related deadlines, so I didn't get a chance to record it. But we're recording today, and also I'm going to share that we're going to go on holiday break, effective pretty much after this podcast episode. Um, I've really been thinking about it a lot as far as like when holiday break would occur and what all I have going on and just the need to really regroup and rest. Uh, and I'm thinking it's a perfect time to do that uh, by doing uh, this episode. So today we're going to do two chapters of our book. We've been reading the language of uh uh, Promise by Graham Cook. The first one, uh, which was uh, Love, the Language of God, was is on there. There's another chapter, this Possession of God, and we're going to do three and four. And then, um, like I said, we'll be on hiatus to January, but have no fear. There are 193 podcast episodes on every platform in which pods are casted there's also our youtube channel so feel free to watch any and all of those videos and come back you know lord willing in january strong and with uh, new content but i definitely need that time to rest to rejuvenate to relax to pray to meditate to figure out next directions what lessons what things will we be discussing um and a lot of other things that i'm planning or think have been thinking about planning using that time for that so we're gonna start in one moment and we'll get the song for today hang on Now we're going to have to do something. I'm not going to do something because then I have to do the, I don't have the right part. So let's start with a word of prayer, shall we? Gracious God, we thank you for this amazing, wonderful day. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your kindness, for your infinite love that calls out to us, whether we're in the deep or in the shallow, in the mountain or uncertainty. We thank you for your love that is infinite and surrounds us and is, that is ever present. We cast our cares, our thoughts before you with an attitude, with a knowing, with a belief that you hear us and that you see us and that you care deeply and immensely for us, that you are with us. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your for being merciful to each and every one of us. We just cast our cares before you. We cast our anxiety before you. We cast whatever issues that we're facing and, and surrender our hearts toward you with the knowing that you are with us, that you will provide whatever revelation is needed. Help us to continue to grow in the nature and knowledge of who you are, who you want to be for each and every one of us in our very lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, today we're doing Cohabitation with God. It's one of the chapters in Language of Pro uh, Promise by Graham Cook. Uh, 
And it talk, he talks about how much of the ter terminology surrounding revival is geared uh, toward events and special uh, circumstances, largely visitation terminology, looking for God to come in a move of spirit. Yet the language of scripture, he writes, is one of abiding habitation of spirit being built inside each of us. In reality, he writes that revival is not about large numbers of people uh, discovering the king and the king's kingdom. Uh, something is something that is dead spiritually cannot be revived. It must be born again. So he further talks about how revival is for the church and not the world. We must wake up from our sleep. Revival, Graham says, has three stages. First, you have the renewal of, of passion for Jesus, returning to the first love and learning to uh, and, and learning to, to be abandoned to God's grace and power. Secondly, we must be revived in our compassion for the lost to give our lives in service of the kingdom. The outcome of these two initiatives will release the final stage of reformation where the world will respond to the power and glory of a risen Lord inhabiting his people. We need to lay down our agendas and words and give ourselves day in and day out to loving Jesus. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus taught in John 7, 38. And Graham further talks about how people often come to church meetings because they're thirsty and how he can't understand that because he believes that we should be coming to meetings because we're full of water and wanting to give some more of it away. I think that's an interesting perspective to have. I know people come to, to church for different reasons, especially when you think about like the narratives about the church. I can think about like how sometimes people, there's a popular um, in, a mogul in so many different ways. She does videos on Sunday that talks about getting to to church. That's a, a common thing that she says she gets to church, you know, and, you know, uh, she says getting to church in the sense of the, you know, owing God something. I'm not saying this to, to bring it up because I think this person is wrong. I'm just saying I bring it up and thinking about the conversation about the reasons people go to church. And I think that um, people go to churches for different reasons. I think people do go to church because they're thirsty. They want, you know, food for the week. They want to get the food in the sense of Sunday school, food in the sense of Sunday school lessons, food in the sense of uh, being around uh, other individuals. Uh, that they know that they're familiar with. They want to go to church because of the worship. The worship feeds their spirit and their mind and their heart. And then the sermon that they get, it gives them something to feast upon. So when they're back at, at their house, in their work week, in their life, they have something to feast on. And I know Graham Cook is talking about revival. So when we think about revival, well, most of the cultural practices of revival that I have seen are like, I can think of like when revival is a week or it's a number of days and they have different guest speakers and they have different guest uh, choirs and it's a thematic experience, um, but it's still around 
um, the feeling of more of of, of, of of God in a sense. It is in some cases returning to the first love, the first love of when we think about what it was like when we experienced God for the first time. It is that, but it is also um, the experience of really wanting, you know, renewal, wanting to 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 be revived, to be refreshed in some way, wanting to experience a breakthrough in some aspect of our life, to go uh, to some uh, other level uh, spiritually, you know, as well as quantifiably and tangibly. These are just my thoughts. I'm just saying that's that's what I think oftentimes when people experience revival or want revival or when Graham writes about how uh, we should be coming to meetings because we're full of water and wanting to give some more of it away. I think what comes to my mind are we, is the deeper question, giving more of this away in the church space or in everyday life? Because when I think of it, I think of it in the context of giving it more away in terms of everyday life. Because I think everyday life is ministry. Everyday life is opportunities to uh, be light, to be the goodness and mercy of God. And I think that it's true that, that when you think about a church meeting, you have all types of people. You have people that are full of water and you have people that are empty. And you have people that don't have a clue what that means because they've not experienced it and they're brand new and that's not shade they're malice that's just the reality I, I think but I was just adding thoughts remember here in, in the teaching space here we're completely open to reflection to thought there's often it's not right or wrong more than one thing can be true at the same time and things do not have to be mutually exclusive. So let's continue. So he further writes about learning to cohabitate with God takes time. The pressure of ministry is intense. It can stress us out. It can make us sick. It can even kill us unless we know how to rest in the Lord. It uh, takes discipline to bring ourselves to a place of peace before God, but it is absolutely necessary to do so. And he writes how it's taken years a practice for him, but on most days he can bring himself to a place of peace in five or ten seconds. It no longer matters what's swirling around me, or he's saying what is swirling around him or threatening me. He can steal himself before God. I he writes he has to. He needs to be quiet to hear God's voice and how God loves to speak in whispers. I like the interpretation of a whisper. I, I just do. Um, it makes me think of uh, Mark Batterson's book. Uh, he, uh, but furthermore, uh, Graham writes that God rarely answers prayer at the same decibel level in which they are prayed. Father, we can shout at Him. I need to hear Your voice. I know God whispers back. Speak to me. We bellow at the top of our lungs. I am as God whispers. I need to hear Your voice today. We blare. Shut up and listen. He whispers. Be still and know that I'm God, says 4610. That makes me think of that song by the, the Wilmington Chester Mass. It's, uh, it's that wonderful song. It's, I call it Digging Through the Crates, but it, it's, it's been many years ago where where this, the words are, I'll 
stand still until your will is made clear to me or thinking about what it means to meditate, which is to get quiet uh, or to just quiet our mind and just focus on uh, something or just yeah, focus is, is a good word because I've seen this uh, app called Encounter that has different scriptures. It it, focus, it helps you focus on your breathing exercises and to really quiet down your mind. And I like it in the sense that it, it, often, it has one scripture, just one. And you meditate all of, on the, all of the different ways the, the, the teacher takes you through, all the different ways that that scripture can be interpreted and what it can mean in many contexts and you meditate on that. So I think about that in terms of be still and know that that I am God. When Graham is writing, he's talking about he has the ability to, uh, with years of practice, take himself to peace. And he's sharing with us about how many times in our lives, you know, we are shouting to God in, in decibels of, I need you right now. I need you right now. But the way that God speaks back to us is not necessarily at the same loud decibel that we might be giving to, to God. That's what that means. Meditation is another avenue toward cohabitation. So we've learned about revival and we're also learning about meditation. Meditation is a is another avenue, and uh, he writes how the Western church must learn to meditate, which is setting aside to think deeply about God. It doesn't have to be long, 15 minutes, half hour. I would even say 10 or seven minutes, but the more you do it, the more time you will want to give God. And Graham writes about how he loves meditating. He likes it because meditation and stillness flows into our upgrade of our peace um, and how Graham writes how he spends a lot of time uh, on peace with the people that he disciples he constantly confronts them on the issue of peace in their lives he doesn't expect them to worry or panic at the same level next year as they did this year which basically means he's expecting them to grow so where it is that you are the thing think about this think about it this way the things that worry you right now like how you got to that point, the level of frustration that you felt. He's talking about it in the sense of that it decreases. Or the, 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 yeah, that's the best way to think about it, that it decreases. Their peace must decrease. Peace is a vital fruit of the spirit. Without an upgrade in our capacity to rest in the Lord, we find ourselves running on adrenaline which is okay but for every adrenaline high there is uh an adrenaline low he further writes if the world is throwing a thousand pounds of pressure at you from the outside peace sends a thousand and one pounds from the inside often people need you us get down and depressed because they've been running on adrenaline and they run out it's not the pressure of life that gets to us it's the pressure of how we run it peace though isn't equalizing pressure if the world like i said is throwing a thousand pounds of pressure at you from the outside peace sends a thousand pounds from the inside i'm under pressure wherever i go intense pressure in most places he writes everyone wants to see him everyone wants to talk to graham everyone wants to pull at him and get a prayer from him he doesn't mind because it's his job to survive though 
he's learned to be at peace and that his rest in God gives him space. Eventually, adrenaline will rob our mind and body and leave us exhausted. It's okay to be tired in the work, but it's not okay to be tired of the work. We must learn to give ourselves to peace, rest, and meditation. We can operate at the highest level for many years if we have developed ourselves internally in preparation, which basically means preparing for the things that we're we're going to do to do the work uh, that we're called to do, whether that's in ministry or everyday life. In order to really do it in the best way, we do have to take care of ourselves. We do have to rest and meditate and be at peace. We do, you know, and I think about this in the concept of, I cannot remember how this conversation happened before, but I was talking with somebody um a while ago about how when I was in uh, ministry work when I was living in Florida and uh, the pastor at that time, Pastor Tom, used to talk to ministry leaders, which deacons, elders, um, which I was serving as a deacon, uh, about the need for a Sabbath, taking rest. Now, for some people, their schedule a lot of them to take a day, but he would talk about how it was deeply important to rest. Now, at that time, I confess, I was not really consciously able to grasp what that means or what that would look like. But later, it's like a lot of the lessons that Pastor Tom would say and teach us in ministry work and in sermons, they became clearer later. And I learned that you do have to rest and meditate. Like when I tell you I'm going on rest and, and we're going on hiatus at the end of this podcast because it's needed, you know. And I also realized that for me, I'm in a different space in my life. When I started this podcast, I was only working my job. I, and and so for me, when I was just working working the job and not going to graduate school at the same time you know I could do my schedule allotted that there was sometimes I could do four episodes in a week because I had that time I had the time I had the space to do that but gradually as I gained more responsibilities in my position more responsibilities in terms of going going to 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 continue my education I learned that time was a value of essence in learning that you know you could get worn out easily and you need that time in order and even if you're not doing a podcast I think you need time to rest to rejuvenate to meditate to take it down um, and I don't think we often do that enough. We're often so busy with the task in our lives, with caretaking for the people around us that we're entrusted and responsible for. And definitely you have to do that. But at the same time, you have to take care of yourself, you know, and that's important. Rest and meditation is deeply and peace is deeply, deeply important. So you can operate whatever it is that you're doing, whatever that may be. Because I realize, you know, when it comes to podcast listeners or people who watch this video have no idea what it is that you do in your everyday life. I don't know. 
But whatever it is that you're doing, it is my deep hope and prayer that you get peace, that you get rest, and that you get meditation, that you take care of you because you matter. And that's the end of cohabitation for God. That's that, that that's the end of that one. So we're going to stop the recording and then I'm going to come back and do sonship and stewardship. So I'm going to go get some tea and then we'll come back and wrap that up. Okay. Thanks for listening.